Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He is Lindsey Crosby. I am Ben Taylor. And back-to-back road series headed into the All-Star break could not have come at a worse time for this Braves team, in my opinion, than what is going to happen here. Because you get the All-Star break, you get the back-to-back road series, and it looks like the entire Major League Baseball is trying to douse water onto the hot Atlanta Braves team. I don't know if you can cool off this Atlanta Braves team. If, it, if anybody can beat them right now but themselves. They've won eight straight games. They've won 16 in the last 17. And when you look at what they did over the weekend, they hit 11 home runs against the Miami Marlins, which was a record for them for a three-game home series. And it's just been, they were dominant in just about every single facet mm. against the Marlins. And that's just a continuation of what they've done this year against the National League East and the National League as a whole. The Braves have been fantastic uh, in just about every single facet, and you you love to see it. I, I cannot figure out a weakness of this team right now. They have actually, they've absolutely owned the division in the first half. And, and so, as I said, two road games, both American League teams, they don't face any more divi- – they don't have any more divisional games before the All-Star break. So, essentially – they win the first half division. Yeah, now, I know that doesn't that doesn't qualify you for anything, but still, it, it's got to scare the rest of them. I mean, you look at what the Mets have done. The Mets, before the you know throw it again comment, uh, were doing just fine, and we're what three four games back, and now it's double digits. They don't seem to be doing any bit any bit better, and yeah. the Braves continue to just be successful and win, not just win series now. Lindsay, they are just winning ball games, period. Yeah. Atlanta's 22 and 6 against the National League East, which is absurd. And they're 40 and 14 against the National League. Like, Atlanta's issue has just kind of really been American League teams. And so Oakland. that's Oakland. <laughs> Oakland's the best team against Atlanta. And, and so the timing doesn't work out well for having to go on the road for two, uh, you know, two series against American League teams. But the lead in the division is now nine games. And I don't have the exact stats behind uh, nine game leads at mm. the midpoint of the season compared to making the postseason or winning the division. But I have to feel like it's probably 85 or 90% of the time. If you can lead the division by nine games, you're probably going to go on and win the division. And so Atlanta's in a good spot because you've done this without some of your big pitchers, without a Kyle Wright, without a Max Freed, but you're getting pretty good work out of Charlie Morton to yeah. kind of help fill some of that gap. We'll get to Morton in a little bit. I will say this. How about, let's go back 45 days ago, and even 50 days ago, and how you and I were talking about how this team not sucks at home, but a very slow start at home. And now it seems like that's the place that no team wants to go play, is to play inside of Truist Park against the Atlanta Braves. Golly, they have they they completely turned around the offense, the pitching when it comes to being at home. And I, I don't necessarily know if anything changed other than just it got warm. And when it gets warm, the balls fly a little bit yeah. farther. And so at home right now, the Atlanta Braves are batting 279 with a 500 slugging percentage. They have 79 home runs, um, 79 home runs at home. <laughs> And it's just, I mean, it, every game is a sellout and every game is a rowdy atmosphere, including a hundred degree weather. And I mm. can't imagine the, the mental 
weight of having to come to Atlanta and facing the Atlanta Braves at like this Atlanta Braves, this hot in this town and this stadium. I just, it seems like it's an impossible task. You said 79 home runs. There are teams that don't have that on both road and home. And then the Braves have just got it at home, including that first inning, which we'll get into a little bit. You mentioned Morton just a little bit ago. Morton is eight and six so far, but he's pitching like he's a number two guy. And I don't know where those six losses came from, but it seems like he can't be beat at this point. He had a streak really early in the year. He had like, like his first 12 outings were all decisions, either wins or losses. It was really kind of odd. Some of those were home games where the team didn't play as well as they have been recently. And so it's a little bit of a, of a mirage to look at it and say, oh yeah, you know, Charlie Morton has six losses. Well, yeah, but he also has an ERA of 3.5. He actually has a better ERA uh, before today than Spencer Strider did. Strider was uh, 373 entering the uh, the Sunday game. And so I think some of the concern about Morton is because he's walking a little bit more guys than he has in the past. And people kind of remember some of those early losses. But he's pitching really, really well. And he's doing it at age 39. <laughs> There's just not many pitchers who are effective at all, never mind an e- a three and a half ERA at age 39. And so like if you right now were picking a playoff rotation for the Atlanta Braves, and I say that because that story is coming to bravestoday.com tomorrow, uh, it would have Charlie Morton as one of your three starters, three or four starters in the postseason. And he's probably the third or fourth starter, which is the wildest thing to think about because on so many other teams, this would be your number two. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, got him as number two. I got him as a number two, even though he's not that for the Braves right now. Now, with that said, he went against Perez. I kind of joshed with you a little bit inside the uh, Braves Today Discord that we have. <laughs> Lindsay said on the last spot, I'm really excited to see this Perez guy pitch. Well, apparently the Braves were really excited <laughs> for him to get on the mound as well. Yeah, Yuri Perez just gets absolutely <laughs> blasted by Atlanta. And my favorite stat, uh, and and this is I'm trying to get it pulled up real quick, but he went into the game with an ERA under two. I want to say yeah. it was like one three nine, or sorry, it was one three four entering the game. When he left the game, the ERA was two point four seven, and he had a p- officially pitched one third of an inning. I mean, on Saturday he gives up seven hits and six runs in the first inning, two home runs, and it was just. I, they, they had to pull him almost immediately. And that's what Atlanta does. They just jump on you early. It's that, for, like, they scored, they hit home runs in two of the first, like, two of the three games, like, in yep. the first inning. And it's just, what are you supposed to do when you're down 6 nothing in the first inning? I know. It's it's demoralizing, especially when the Braves continue to do that in the first inning. We'll get more to that in a little bit. We do want to thank one of our new sponsors, Lindsay, that we have for Braves today. Uh, they're based right there in Atlanta. Big Braves fans as well. Ford Stokes, founder and president of Active Wealth, host of the Active Wealth Show on AM920, The Answer, and author of Annuity 360, our new primary sponsor. Ford wants to offer each Braves fan a free gift of his book, Annuity 360. Just go to annuity360.net. Submit your contact information and get your free copy of Ford's book, Annuity 360, absolutely free. Ford and his Active Wealth Management team are ready to take care of you and all of you Braves fans. And thanks to those guys for being proud sponsors of the Braves Today podcast. You'd mentioned first inning heroics. This has been a team that it is really uncanny how fast they jump on teams and how demoralizing that has been 
uh, with those teams whenever they face the break, whether it's on the road and they're the first to jump out when they're the first ones hitting, or they go ahead and they shut somebody down in the top of the first, and then they come in in the bottom of the first and either match what that team did in the top of the first or go above and beyond to say, hey, I know you guys got to run. Guess what? We'll get three or four. How about that? The wildest, the two wildest stats to me when it comes to the first inning production. The first one is Atlanta scored 87 runs in the first inning. The second place team in that statistic, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they have 66. Mm. Like it's just such a significant difference. And then the other one that tells you how good the Braves have been is they've scored five runs in the first inning seven times this year, including three times in the last eight games. Arizona is second in that statistic, and they've done it twice in the entire year. Mm. Atlanta has more five-run five first innings in the last week than Arizona has on the entire season. It's just, it's absolutely absurd. Every one of these players leads baseball in just about every offensive statistic in the first inning. Ronald Acuna Jr., 34 hits, 28 runs, 10 doubles. Matt Olson has 10 first inning home runs. Austin Riley's second with nine first inning home runs. And those three guys are the only guys in the National League that have 25 hits in the first inning. It's <laughs> like it's I, I don't I legitimately do not know how you stop a team that can do that. It's so hard for a pitcher to come out and be locked in on the very first pitch. And this Braves team will make you pay and you're digging out of a hole the entire game or series. Lindsay, I said on the last podcast that this was possibly one of the best teams in franchise history. And that was met with some people giving me 95. They were giving me some other teams from the 90s, which had great pitching staffs. I have not seen an offensive performance out of a Braves team ever. And that's why I say best team in franchise history, because the pitching is there right now. And the offense is there right now, and it just seems unstoppable. We're not depending on pitchers to go throw an eight-inning shutout and bring in a closer so the Braves can win one to nothing. It's almost turned into what LSU used to do in the 90s with gorilla ball, where it's like, hey, let's see how many runs we can put up. And the pitching staff is sitting there going, okay, you guys think you can do it. Let's see how many runs we can keep from coming across the plate. So it's been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the Braves – as an offense, are batting 272, which, I mean, who does that? Who bats yeah. 272 as an offense? And in the last month, they're batting over 300. The Braves slash line in the last month, 308, 372, 580 with 62 home runs. They average two home run, two plus home runs a game. Mm. And it just, I mean, it's, I genuinely cannot remember a Braves team with this good on offense and the big thing to me as a fan, I can't remember a Braves team where I saw a deficit and had zero concern that Atlanta would not come back and overcome that deficit. I mean, Correct. there's been teams where I'm like, yeah, they're good. I feel good about this. They have a good chance. But Atlanta was down in the, what, sixth, seventh inning on, yes. on Sunday. And I had zero doubt that they would find a way to get those runs before the game was over. And they did. Travis Darno hits a home run. After Michael Harris completely manufactures the game-tying run, <laughs> there you go. Done. Atlanta has the lead again. They held it, got the save, closed it out. You mentioned Harris. If you take away the first part of the year with Harris, who was down, or Sia, who was down, with um, Ozuna, who was down, 
that number instead of being 270 something as far as batting average could probably be around 290 295 overall on the season which is just uncanny because they they went through a slump it took them a while to get warmed up and get going yeah and the big thing which i think a lot of people aren't haven't necessarily talked about or paid attention to is atlanta's super hot on offense but they're they've dramatically cut the strikeouts and so Atlanta's become a team that not only is is storing tons of runs, they're putting the ball in play. Mm. And rather than just striking out and walking back to the dugout, they're making you work. And you can see in just about all of these games, there's some sort of error, whether it's a throwing error from the catcher on a stolen base attempt, whether it's a fielding error, whether it's a throwing error. We saw it on Sunday. There was a throwing error from catcher Jacob Stallings. Michael Harris was stealing second. He went to third. We saw Matt Olson hit a double to left that should have been caught by outputter yes. Brian De La Cruz, but it wasn't caught. He dropped it, and Olson got a double, promptly got, got brought in, I think, by Austin Riley. Yes. Or backwards. And so, like, it, it's just, it's something where, like, that's the complaint I had about Matt Olson early in the season was he yep. would strike out instead of putting the ball in play, and they fixed it. And so they're making you play a complete game. Your pitching has to be on point. Your offense has to be able to keep up, but your defense has to be ready too. And just about every team that Atlanta plays has not been locked in on defense and has had dumb mistakes that have directly given Atlanta runs. And you have to play a perfect game to beat Atlanta. If you're slacking in one of those three phases, you're not going to do it. Never mind all three like Miami was over the weekend. Well, Brave fans will have to wait to see the Braves at home at Truist for at least a week and a half because now it hit the road and it will be the Cleveland Guardians who are second in the uh, in, in their division. However, they are two games under 500. And so uh, even though they're second, I think we kind of go into that same situation that we talked about with a couple of other people that went like when the Braves played the Twins, division leaders, but they only were one game over 500 at the time. Uh, same scenario here. And what do you see out of the Guardians? I've only seen them play once this year, and it was when they played the Red Sox. It was one of those Sunday night games. Yeah. Uh, the power hasn't really been there for Cleveland. They haven't been able to hit with a lot of impact. It's been a lot of having to play station to station, base hits, moving guys over, bringing them in. And so I kind of question whether or not the offense can keep up with an offense like Atlanta's. Mm. Now, pitching-wise, they've got some pretty good stuff. Gavin Williams... Uh, he's, I think he's made two starts at the major league level. One of the top five pitching prospects in baseball. He is up for Monday's start against Bryce Elder. That's 7, mm. 10 PM on Monday night. So that'll be really interesting. And then Tuesday, Shane Bieber, former, mm -hmm. I mean, former Cy Young award winner yep. facing off against Colby Allard. And so Atlanta doesn't necessarily have the pitching advantages in these games. Game three is Michael Soroka versus Cal Quantrill. Quantrill just came back from injury but he's already scuffling a little bit, hasn't looked great this year, versus Soroka, who they both have ERAs in the sixes because they've both been working their way back from injury. And so Atlanta doesn't have the pitching advantage here, but you have to feel like they have a significant offensive advantage because they can hit and hit for power, while Cleveland hasn't even been able to really hit all that consistently this year like they usually can. So with that said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say two of three. I, I've, I'm very peculiar of when I pick sweeps. I will give Zach Blackerby his props. He called a sweep. I thought that was the kiss of death. I really wish he st – I still wish he wouldn't have done it, yeah. even though he he teased me a little bit about it on text. However, I will say two of three. And the, the, I think that my, my biggest reason is not that game one. It's the pitching difference in games two and three. Mm -hmm. And if the Braves – at some point, 
I mean, I'm sorry. I would love to drink the brave Kool-Aid. The bats have got to cool off at some point. I mean, right now they're not. So I think they're going to have a game. And I honestly, I think it's that game to former Cy Young winner. He knows how to pitch, you know, guys that have experience like the Braves do. So I'm kind of curious to see what the Braves will do in game two versus the guardians. Yeah. And, and on the note of the, of the offense cooling off. If you look at the weekend, if you kind of zoom out at the weekend versus the Marlins, you can see that after that big first inning on Saturday, Atlanta's pretty quiet. They had one base runner for like the next Mm. six innings and they get a couple hits late and then they start off Sunday a little. They get some base hits, but not some runs and they score runs a little bit later in the game. And so you can keep this lineup quiet for stretches. And if anybody can do it, it's probably going to end up being Shane Bieber in this series. So I'm going to go two or three as well. I don't know if it's going to be game two, game three, game one, uh, but I feel like one of them, they'll probably get got somewhere, just like Cincinnati got them for one. It'll be a close game, but uh, either way, two out of three. The big thing is that win the series, and that's something that we actually heard. um, We actually heard Travis Darno talk about that after the game, as he said, like, the big deal, obviously, is we're happier that we won the series because we just mm. keep winning series and I want to say they've won either 8 or 9 straight. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. If you if you if you win every series, then eventually, I mean, you're you're going to win the division and you're going to be on path to win the World Series as long as you just win the series in front of you. So, I think Atlanta's going to win it either way. It makes a huge difference. You see between the the Braves and the Mets that that uh the way that took place is the Braves didn't lose a series in June, the Mets didn't win a series in June. And you look at the games back they are from not being able to do that. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor again. Big shout out and big thanks to Ford Stokes and his staff at Active Wealth Management. You can go to activewealth.com or you can go claim your free book at annuity360.com. Again for Lindsey Crosby, I'm Ben Taylor. That's Braves Today, Braves Today Podcast, Braves underscore today on the Twitter. Lindsay, as always, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Chop on.